In this series, I want to take a moment to examine 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 to 14. And in this passage, God reflects his heart for the renewal of Israel and her land. And the words of 2 Chronicles 7, verses 13 to 14, are the response of God to the prayer of Solomon at the dedication of the new temple in Jerusalem. When Solomon began the construction of this temple, it was a massive undertaking, and he spared no expense in the construction of this great building for the Lord. 7,000 men were hired as carriers to transport material to the construction site. 8,000 stonecutters worked in the hills, carving out the stones necessary. 3,600 foremen supervised the work. And even with these thousands of workers, the temple took seven years to, to complete. The temple, however, was not just designed to impress. That it did very well with all its gold and silver and precious stones and embroideries. But the temple is also a place to worship God. And here in this place, offerings and sacrifices would be made and praise and thanksgiving would rise up to God from behind these walls of gold and cedar and embroidered uh, curtains. The temple that Solomon built represented for Israel the hope of Israel in the coming Messiah. Each piece of furniture taught them something about their coming king. The altar reminded them that there would be a sacrifice made for their sin. The lampstand showed them that he would be a light to the world. The bread that was laid out on the table on a regular basis was, was a reminder that he would be the bread of life. The curtain that separated them from the Ark of the Covenant where God revealed his presence reminded them that there was a barrier between them and their God that only the Messiah could break down. And as the t construction of the temple was completed, Solomon stood in front of the people and he prayed to the Lord. And in 2 Chronicles 6 verses 12 to 42 the king prayed that God would forgive his people when they prayed in this temple. He asked God to hear and, and uphold his people as they came to worship in this temple. He asked God that he would act on behalf of his people as they cried out to him facing this temple. Solomon's prayer showed that it was the heart of Solomon that God should forgive, act on behalf of his people, and uphold them. And somehow Solomon knew that the answer to this prayer would come as God's people worshipped and honored him in this place. And in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 to 14, the Lord answers Solomon. And that answer is found here as we read it, beginning at verse 13, which says this, 
When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the, la the land, or send pestilence among my people, if my people, who are called by my name, humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. In 2 Chronicles 7.13, the Lord answers Solomon's prayer by telling them that he already knew what his people would do and the response of his people toward him. At the time of the temple dedication, everyone, of course, was, was on a spiritual high. And, and God knew that uh, that would not last. He, he knew that his people would, would not always turn to him that they would be tempted by other gods and, and turn their back on him, that in many ways they would become like the pagan nations around them. And, and God knew that he would have to discipline them for their sin. And that discipline of God would at times have to be very severe. In fact, in Second Chronicles 7 and verse 13, the Lord says, When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. God shows us here that, that this discipline would take many different forms. He would shut up the heavens so that there was no rain and the blessing uh, and his blessing would, would not fall upon them. He he would send locusts to devour the, the fruit of their, their labors. He would send pestilence among his people and plagues among his people, and many would perish as a result. And, and as, as God speaks to Solomon, he, he shows Solomon that there was a serious consequence to sin, that the heavens would be shut up because of sin. And the blessings of God would no longer penetrate down to earth. And only death awaited those who turned their backs on God. Now, Second Chronicles 7.13 is not the only place in Scripture that shows us that, that God shuts the heavens upon sinners. Consider, for example, the story of Adam and Eve in the opening chapters of the, of the book of Genesis. We read how Adam and Eve disobeyed God and ate from the forbidden tree. And as a result of that, they immediately began to sense the consequences. They hid from God in shame. And they did so because a barrier was raised up again between them and their creator. The earth on which they live was cursed, and, and it now produced its fruit only reluctantly as the blessings of God were, were not penetrating through as they once had. Death and suffering would now become normal as, as this life was being stripped from them. 
The one, the blessings that they had once known were were taken from Adam and Eve, and and the heavens were were shut from them. Listen to the words of Hosea as he as he reflected on the sin of his day and and its consequences. In Hosea chapter four, we read this: there is swearing, lying, murder stealing and committing adultery. They break all bounds and bloodshed follows bloodshed. Hosea 4 and verse 2. And and in Hosea's day, sin abounded. And, and all around him, he could see people swearing and lying and murdering and stealing and committing adultery and shedding blood and, and breaking all bounds. And, and he goes on in the very next verse to show us what the result of this horrible sin and this the, the, the evil that abounded in the nation was. He says this in Hosea verse four, chapter 4 and verse 3, Therefore, therefore the land mourns, and all who dwell in it languish, and also the beasts of the field and the birds of the heavens and even the fish of the sea are taken away. The land mourned as a result of their sin. The, the, the blessings of God would not penetrate through. The people of the land were in languish. The, the fish of the sea were taken away as the heavens were shut up and the abundant blessing of the Lord no longer fell upon his people because of their sin. Consider also Joshua 7 as we read this story of Achan as, as God's people were taking possession of the promised land, the land that God was giving them. And, and as they were marching through that region, the, the power, incredible, miraculous power of God was being manifested as they were experiencing victory after victory. And, and evidence of that blessing and power were everywhere. But And as they prepared to take over the city of Jericho, God commanded them to destroy it entirely and take nothing for themselves. But Achan, one of the men in that that army, went into the city of Jericho and found some articles in, in a tent and in the city and and he wanted those articles for himself and so he took them and and brought them to his tent and buried them under the floor of his tent and when Joshua's army went to the next city the little town of Ai which was much smaller town and they were prepared to fight and and as they went into that city they were humiliated by the by the the smaller army and 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 they had to flee from the the inhabitants of Ai 36 Six men lost their lives in that battle, in that insignificant town. They were defeated. And, and as Joshua sought the Lord about why this had happened, the Lord revealed to him that, that, that the reason for this defeat was because of the sin in their midst. And one tent out of thousands of tents that lined that camp of Israel under the floor of that one tent were forbidden articles taken from Jericho. One man among the tens of thousands had disregarded the command of the Lord God and God had turned his back upon them and allowed them to be defeated. Heavens were shut up because of the sin in the camp of Israel. Sin will shut up the heavens to us. 
And without the showers of God's blessing upon us, our land will begin to dry up and wither. We, we will we no longer see evidence of his presence. And the problem that we find in our day is that many have become so accustomed to this that they hardly even notice. Even as believers, we, we have come to the place where we no longer expect to see God working in our midst. We do the best we can without, without a clear sense of God's presence, but, but our faith is shallow and, and we become powerless because the heavens are shut up to us. We worship on each Sunday morning, but, but God seems so distant and unapproachable. This was the experience of the church in Laodicea in the book of Revelation, and God rebukes them for it. Writing in, the, in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, the Lord says this, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. These are the words of God spoken to the church as God stood outside the door, knocking on that door to be heard. But but he was not in the church. His presence was not there. He, he longed to come in, but no one seemed to hear the knock. And inside the church, the people were very busy trying to please him. They filled up their calendar with spiritual activities. They prayed and preached and worshipped, but he was not in their midst. But they did not notice it, and, and they had become so used to it that they believed it to be normal, and God rebukes them for it. Some would even teach that we should not expect God to work in our days as he did in, in Bible times. But Deuteronomy chapter 28 and, and verse 12 says this, The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens. He will open the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. And you will lend to many nations, but you will not borrow. Doesn't our land too need to see this outpouring? Don't our churches need to see the good treasury of the heavens open up and the showers of God's blessing being poured upon us so that we can serve and work and do what he has called us to do? Listen to the words of, of Malachi in Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and thereby Put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open the windows of heaven for you and pour down for you a blessing until there is more, no more need. God promises here to open up the windows of heaven and pour down his blessing. I don't know about you. But if the heavens are shut to us, what hope do we have? Our human efforts are insignificant and insufficient to accomplish the task that is before us. We need more than human wisdom and compassion. We need the miracle of God to transform us into the image of God. I don't have the power to transform a life. I do not have the power to convert a soul. This is and always has been the work of God's Spirit. And the work of the kingdom depends on the windows of heaven being opened up to us.
John Newton understood this when he wrote in the this hymn, he says this, a few verses from it, Alas, from such a heart as mine, what can I bring him forth? My best is stained and dyed with sin, my all is nothing worth. The best return for one like me, so wretched and so poor, is from his gifts to draw a plea and ask him still for more. I cannot serve him as I ought. No works have I to boast, yet I would glory in the thought that I should owe him most. John Newton understood that unless he drew from the treasury of heaven, he had nothing of any value to offer. If the heavens are shut up, what hope do we have? If there is one thing necessary in our day, it is that the heavens be opened up to us. Didn't Jesus tell his disciples that apart from him, they could do nothing? I am the vine, Jesus says in John 15 and verse 5. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We so desperately need the heavens to be opened up. We so desperately need the blessings of God to be showered upon us. We so desperately need the windows of heaven to open wide and pour down upon us what we cannot do ourselves. The work of God is dependent upon those heavens being opened up to us. Have the heavens become closed to us? Have the locusts of hell been devouring our land and our children? Has the plague of materialism and worldliness stripped us of our spiritual vitality? Have we been left barren and dry spiritually? Do, do we feel the weight of our helplessness to see change that the changes that need to take place in our lives and in the lives of our loved ones? Then we need an outpouring from heaven upon us and upon our land. Could it be that there's a reason for this dryness? Can, can it be that God is showing us something about our barrenness and about our sin? Has he been revealing to us just how much we need to him to open up the storehouses of his blessing? Is he creating in us a, 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 a deeper hunger that, that we would cry out to him and recognize him? Is he opening our eyes to see our need? And, and can we in our desperation hear him now knocking on the door with that still small voice saying open up to me and I will come in and I will dine with you where are those who will not accept the close heavens as being the purpose of God and cry out like the psalmist did when he says this oh that you would rend the heavens and come down that the mountains might quake at your presence. As when fire kindles brushwood and fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to our adversaries and that the nations might tremble at your presence when you did awesome things that we did not look for. You came down, the mountains quaked at your presence and from of old, 
no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verses 13 and 14 speaks to those who are not content to see the heavens remain closed and the blessings of God withheld because of sin. And may God give to us a heart that longs to see his blessing again for our churches and for our land. For without that blessing and without the heavens being opened up and the showers of blessing poured down upon us, we will perish. May God give us the grace to recognize our need so that we see that our situation is not that much different from the circumstances that God told Solomon about, that the rain of his blessing is not falling as it should. The locusts have been devouring the fruit of our land and the plague of materialism and and Worldliness has been devouring and destroying many among us. If there is ever a time that we need to cry out to God, it is now. For we know that our land is perishing. And we know that our children are being influenced. And the locusts are stripping us of all of our blessing. May God give us the grace to see that this is our situation today. And may we, as we continue in this study, cry out to him that heavens again would be opened up and that his blessings would again be poured upon us for the glory of his name and the good of his people.